are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Radio Network. We are not live, which means we can do all the, all the fancy editing techniques and we can mess up and uh, try to pronounce names about five or six times like we used to do before you guys thought, wow, these guys are really good at pronouncing names. And then we went to a, <laughs> and then we went to a live show and that all evaporated in one one uh, in one show. So it's all worth it, Ted, for the for the <laughs> for the for the thousands of people who tune in on live every Monday night. It's, it's worth it. <laughs> Gotta do it for the people, John. Mm-hmm. John, how you doing, my friend? How was your how was your weekend? Hope it was good. Well, yeah, it was okay. I have a sick child. That's why we're Oof. not recording. That's why we're not recording live. Well, I hope, I hope that part. I hope the weekend was good. I understand no, today did not go no. well. <laughs> well yeah, no, it was. There was a run up. This was the sickness was not just now. So this is unfortunately the conclusion of that. So uh, not great. I don't think. How about yours? Was yours was yours was better? I assume it, it was a it was a little better. Um, I uh, I should say I should say compared to yours, it was a yeah. lot better. <laughs> but say better be. Um, uh, I went to uh, DC with uh, my uh, nice. my nephew uh, who's celebrating his birthday about a week before I celebrate my birthday. Hey. I'm turning I'm turning 23. I know I look just so young and dapper. <laughs> John's giving the sus face if you're listening on the podcast, That's right? <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I did that. So that was fun. Went to the went to the International Spy Museum, um, which I which I'd I have never to. done that before. How never was it? That. It's it's interesting. It's a little uh, I don't know. I don't know quite how to explain it. It's very like, you know, some museums have like very like clear, like historical. This one's kind of like all over the place. Like there is a little bit, I, I guess, of a, a run up between like early times and and everything like that. They've got some 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 neat little um, videos and movies that they show. And um, so overall, you know, they have a nice little interactive thing. That's kind of that's kind of fun and interesting. Is there um, a politics to it? Like is is the is the is the underlying assumption like spying is good and every <laughs> we're very good at it. It's it's interesting how they kind of they kind of thread that they need thread that need a little bit. They do they like they have a a presentation on the Rosenbergs, um, which was you know kind of about the 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 spies out there. They even have they have a presentation on the on uh, I think uh, there was an interesting one a couple of like Russian spies who uh, who were very recent. So um, like Hansen, what's that? Was it Hanson? I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name. He I lived. Just... He lived out by me. He was. Uh, <laughs> he, he was. He was interesting. I think his name is Robert Hanson. Uh, Google him if you aren't familiar with him. How he yeah. got caught was very funny. Yeah. No, there was a very. Um, I will say, like the they have a whole thing on like the the capture of Osama bin Laden. That's very um, rah rah America, if that makes sense. Um, so and that and I think one of the guys says like I, I thought the evidence to. Uh, that Bin Laden was there was worse than the evidence uh, that there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And I said, "Wow, buddy, that's not you. You really need a new job, my friend." So that's not that's not, that's not the slam dunk you think it is, buddy. Um, so anyway, so that so that was interesting, uh, and uh, and yeah, so that, so that was kind of my weekend. So but you, you didn't you didn't sit here to listen to my weekend. It was a quick quick jar. But we got to get to the to the news. Yeah. We got to get to the you, to the you came to listen. You came to listen to our jokes about two thousand three WMDs in Iraq uh, <laughs> references. <laughs> we're, we're really we're relitigating it here. You're, but this is tonight. This is yeah. A, oh, oh, this is this is a early two thousands politics <laughs> yeah. politics and history podcast. Um, 
right in front of your eyes. Uh, but let's talk. No. Uh, spe- speaking of speaking of rebirths and speaking of new tournaments coming coming back to life in the mid two thousands, the League's Cup. That was probably I will say that of DC related news, this was probably the most um, interesting. Oh well, it's not close. Yeah, <laughs> not close. Yeah, this is about this is about the only really big news that kind of dropped after after a slew of player signings, and, and we're all just kind of sitting here hoping we get to see at least one stream of one game. The team not going to happen, course- guys. Uh, you're gonna. Have, it's all going to be mind's eye. You're going to have to like pretend that you're watching it. It's yeah, the theater of the mind. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I think we I think we discussed this league's cup, and now we have the game. We have the groups in front of us. Uh, DC United will be in a group with um, if you don't know what the League's Cup is, let me, let me back up a little bit. People might be new to the show. Uh, the League's Cup is MLS's first neck is sort of its uh, actual try at kind of a, a Liga MX MLS style tournament. Um, so basically late July into sort of the mostly through August, the whole league is going to take a break. They're going to play a, a tournament. Um, the top two teams in both Liga MX and MLS uh, get a buy to a round of 32 knockout stage. And then there is a, there's going to be uh, 15 groups of three teams. So that's how they're, that's how they're accounting for the odd number of teams in each, in, in each group. So uh, we have, right. We have DC United in a group with Montreal where co- obviously former coach Hernan Lasada is coaching and Pumas um, of Mexico city. So, should be a incredibly, uh, I, you know, I will say I'm actually, I am maybe a little bit of a convoy. I love, I think John, maybe you're the same way. Like we both love kind of cool and unique things about soccer. And I think this, this qualifies. Um, this is not something you see every day. So I'm, I'm excited about this iteration of the tournament. I think they're finally, I, I said for years, I think when they did this whole like 16 team leagues cup of like teams that were, they tried to like, just relaunched the Superliga or something like that. And it was just, it was, it was not good. I'm like, all right, if you're going to do this like silly leagues cup thing, you got to give like a break or some type of like gap in the schedule. So, cause otherwise these coaches are going to be like, I, I'm not, I'm not playing my best guys. I got Seattle next weekend. So this feels like a, a real honest, good faith try for it. Um, obviously there will be, I think it's the top. I want to say it's like the top three teams. I think there might be like a third place game. And like the top three teams make it to the Champions League, I can go look that up. Um, for the League's Cup for the League's Cup, yeah. So there is Champions League spots on the lines. There's money on the line. I've talked enough. I like this, John. What are your What are your thoughts on this? Tournament? I love. I, I think it's great. I, I think that there's. I've been doing a little bit of research into the sort of conditions of Liga MX currently, and I wanted to know basically, you know, who's spending money, who's not, what's league parity like, and it's interesting. So uh, last year. Uh, more than half of the teams in Liga MX spent less than $10 million on salary uh, for their entire club, uh, which puts, in comparison, if you're curious, uh, only uh, two, four, six, eight clubs in MLS had salaries lower than $10 million. And, you know, all the rest of them had ones much higher than that. The highest spender in MLS is Toronto at $27 million which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, and Liga MX is uh, T-Grace is spending $23 million a year. Uh, that is, of course, the club of uh, Gignac and uh, a couple other players that are spending a lot of money. <laughs> let's, let's, let's quickly clarify. The $23 million that T-Grace is spending is much, much more spread out 
throughout the roster, not because there are no <laughs> because there are no rules in which that's the case. Yeah. Whereas Toronto is Toronto has to backload that 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 those dollars into a few amount of people. It's like three players making up about seventy percent of that. Correct. And maybe more of that. That's the way they decided to make it. But overall I think this is uh it brings excitement and it brings opportunity for excitement for a lot of teams that were never going to really make a dent in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never know in these sort of knockout tournaments, anything can happen in a short run and you don't necessarily know how serious the Mex- the uh, Mexican teams are going to take it either. No one does. This is a, this is an all new thing. So I think it's cool that it's uh, they've got a time slot as you alluded to in the summer that this is going to be the priority. Um, I don't I, you know. How does DC United take it? Well, well, I think we talked about this before. Do they treat it like they've treated the Open Cup in the last couple of years? I don't know. Uh, Carol Sudorsky, uh, Charlotte player. Uh, I, Charlie Boehm had an interview with him on MLS, MLSsoccer.com today, and he was like talking about this. And he's like, I want to win a trophy. I don't think we're going to win the, the league championship, but I want to win League's Cup or Open Cup. And I was like, God. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. I want our players well, to talk like that. Well, he, well, here's the thing. Like, you know, you can, if you are a coach that takes a look at this and says, well, you know, here's an opportunity for us to get a break. You're almost setting yourself up because it's a long break. You're going to have with no competitive games. And that could have a major impact on the rest of your season, or that can, that can cause you to lose momentum. Um, so I, and I think MLS is basically, I, I think, I think there will be some, I, I think there has to be a mutual understanding probably between the owners, between the league that they, they really do need this thing to work. Um, this is, this is a thing that can be a, a massive moneymaker. I have my, my qualms with how MLS, I think, I think MLS could have, use this time maybe a little better. Um, they do have a soccer United marketing arm and the fact that they did not go out and try to grab the, like just get Liga MX to bundle their English guys. If you ever tried to watch Liga MX, like I tried to watch Pumas, I think Pumas were playing Juarez and I said, Oh cool. They play at one o'clock today. I want to see like what this Pumas team that's going to play in league cups all about. I went and looked and I said, okay, it's not on 2DN. Not on Fox Deportes. It's not on um, Universo. Not on Telemundo. Like, where, where can I find this game? I'll look up. It's on this like obscure streaming thing called VIX. And I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" There's like this whole other package that I have to buy if I want to watch like all the League MX games. And did you buy be- it? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did draw the line there. I said, you know, I, I I almost was just like upset, and I was like, I'm sure Pumas will play. Club America or somebody at some point, and then I can just watch him. I can just watch him there. Um, so, it, you know, I think it's it's a mistake. I think more fans would be maybe a little more tuned into this if they knew a little bit more. Um, particularly, I'm not and I'm not saying you know, I'm not trying to say like no one knows what Liga MX is. Liga MX is the one of the most popular leagues in America. If you speak Spanish, you know Liga MX and you watch Liga MX, and it's very very popular. Uh, among those groups, but for an English speaking group, it's probably something that, you know, I couldn't tell you some of the, you know, I know, I know Gignac, I know, uh, obviously the, I know Henry Martin out for club America, but it's a very limited set of players that, you know, I actually know who play in league MX. And I felt it was kind of a missed opportunity to sort of get that amongst the hardcore fans to actually say, Hey, by the way, you know, watch your, you know, on a, even if they've got the rights and put it on Apple TV as part of the bundle, like, hey, come watch, you know, Club America versus Pumas, and you get to see what you're in store for this uh, this August. So I, I think, and I, th- it's it's also like you said from, from an Apple TV perspective, this League's Cup, if it 
if they can convince both teams to take it seriously and the games are good, I bet you next year they're going to make a much more concerted effort to get these in place uh, in English in English on mm-hmm. Apple TV. So all in one place for. Well, I do know I do know there is a push. I believe a group offered to because all the teams sign their own contracts um all the teams i think it's like their home games it's sort of similar to the to the world cup and that your home games are kind of yours to divvy out amongst uh tv groups they don't have a bundled deal but i believe there is like an offer on the table where someone will go out someone basically is offering to hey buy let me but give, give me all the rights and i'll sell it for like one lump, lump sum and i think that could fetch that could fetch a fair bit of money um yeah, so, I, I know that America has, uh, has ESPN Plus games. I think their, their home games are on ESPN Plus. Are they? Are they? I, I, thought, so. they, I thought they were 2DN. Maybe, maybe it was last year. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird. It's like some games you see them on ESPN. Some games you see you don't see them. It's it's a very weird stratified kind of broadcast. It's not like you know you know if you want to watch Premier League, you got to go to an NBC affiliated channel. By the way, speaking of money, people will say this tournament is all about money. My answer is, of course, it is. Yeah. Um. The Premier League founding was all about money. The UEFA Champions League was all about money. Money is an intrepid part of sports. And I'm not saying that that you should get over it. Like, obviously, if you're not turned on by this, if you think this is just a money grab, you just don't want interested. And there's some fair criticisms of it. The fact that it's all in America. I get that. But don't think that money is not driving most of soccer in this in 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 this in this world and it is what it is and if it gives us cool things like this then you know honestly i'm I'm fine with it being a money grab if it's something that turns out to be interesting and fun then it was money well spent liga mx holds itself below mls they they perceive themselves as from a business perspective miles apart from where mm-hmm. mls is developed so yeah it's in the united states because that's where that's that's what makes the most sense for this tournament i think as it's a it is definitely a rising tide lifting all boats situation. These mm-hmm. leagues know they have different strengths, right? The passion, the long-term passion and uh and the TV, the TV audience stuff lies with Mexico. And the ability to f- get Apple to pay a bazillion dollars for your rights and some and these stadiums and continued expansion, that strength is in the United States. So they they both have different elements that they they both want what the other person has. They they both know that's where they need to be. But we're I, we're excited. We're going to have a lot of coverage of this as it continues. Oh, yeah. If if you're new to Liga Max, uh, I mean that's basically like what I I Ted, it, we're, we're we're trying to learn. Look <laughs> at FC Juarez's crest. It is the most XFL ass <laughs> crest that has ever existed. It is lime green and red and it's a horse and it looks extre- it looks ex- extreme with like an X. It's very early. It's very early 90s. It, it looks at home with like the mutiny and the clash logos from 96 in my it, mind. And let me tell you, like, I know some of you probably do have some exposure to to League MX from Champions League and other things. But watching some of these league games, it, it can be an incredibly it is imagine, you know, MLS can kind of be uh, almost seem like it's a game like kind of played on skates where it's just back and forth, like just guys running in in crazy directions. And, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of like slow, small buildup. There's just like teams flying back and forth. Uh, that's kind of legal on Max, except they have a little bit more extra money. So it's a little more skillful. Um, it, it's it's actually from my for my mind, it pretty much an incredible a pretty incredibly fun league to watch and when they have some good games like i think there was the the puebla america game which i sat down and watched a little bit of was an incredibly entertaining 
um, affair. Um, I, I, the game I watched was Pachuca and uh, the XFLS FC Juarez. Was, yeah. And uh, just, just to give you a concept. So uh, Pachuca's total contracts for last year were $6 million. The game finished four one. Two of the goals were what would have been MLS goal of the week candidates without a doubt for, for uh, <laughs> Pachuca. So even at the bottom of the table even in Mexico, the, the talent, I mean, there's a reason why up until recently we have been getting repeatedly washed in champions league. There's a, there is, there is a reason uh, there are a couple of reasons, but even at the bottom of the table, the technical and offensive ability of these clubs is going to make these games in league's cup. Very interesting. So don't tune out. Don't don't think it's a stupid. It is it is a money grab, but as Ted said, everything's a money grab. So at least enjoy it. Yeah, and and just to let you know, I mean, now there's some for the U.S. fans. There is Alejandro Zendayas who will be in the uh, in the uh, January camp this week, who was just called up to the to the U.S. men's national team. Had an incredible incredible game. I actually got me a little bit excited to watch the the January Cup. Some of the January games coming up for the men's team. All right, uh, enough about League Cup, enough about the future. We do have some DC news I think we want to jump into. Uh, DC is currently in California. And uh, thank you to the uh, DC media team for bringing us some content. Uh, there's been some pretty good content out there, so hats off to them, um, including who's least favorite person to room with. Um, I believe <laughs> Taxi came up once. Uh, Ted Koo from all the Academy guys was kind because of funny. Because he just won't shut up and stop talking to them, which I think is a good <laughs> good reason why not. Yeah. Your favorite one, though, was the, uh, the burn bomb clip, right? Oh, the burn bomb clip. Yes, yeah, so they saying happy birthday to burn bomb. And apparently, uh, Brendan Hines Ike uh, gets confused for burn bomb, um, which is just hilarious. And he just says, yeah, I'm, Bur- I'm Steve burn bomb from TV. Like he said, <laughs> it happens on TV all the time. Brendan, if you really want to change that, you should go platinum blonde. So that yeah. the TV, I mean, listen, how bad do you not want to be mistaken for burn bomb? This I, is I, up to you. I don't think he really cares because then maybe DC will get mixed up and give him his, the massive <laughs> contract that they give Steve Birnbaum. Worth a right. shot. So, uh, so uh, play playing that game. But yes, they're in California. They're playing uh, their first game tomorrow as well. Yeah. As this, as this episode comes out, it'll be today, uh, and you will not be watching it. <laughs> yep, three no thirty minute halves. So this one is kind of the close. I'm I'm less upset about this because it's kind of like a, I guess the galaxy and and the. Um, in DC, we're just in the same area. Like, Hey, you want to do a quick 30 minute friendly just to kind of see some things? Sure. Let's do it. You know, are we still going to fixate on the who scores for DC United? And if yes, 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 we are. We're going to talk about it next week. You better believe it. <laughs> it's content. It's content. So it's for content. sure there, are, I think, you know, what is our biggest hope for this preseason? No one gets injured. Yep. That's what I care about the most. If you could figure out a way to get this entire roster, to come to the first game at home at Audi Field with nobody out except for the players that are still recovering from long-term injuries. Successful preseason. Don't care. Don't care about anything else. Yeah. Usually when this team has a good preseason, they suck. Uh, and usually when they have a bad preseason, they are also not very good. <laughs> so never mind. I'm thinking back over time. Like it really doesn't, they just don't really, they've definitely done very well. I'm starting to think like, there's no way if if I if I was Rain Man enough to remember the two times they made the playoffs in the last couple of years, what their preseason were like, then <laughs> boy, I would be very special. But I don't remember that. I just remember they were. It's been a while since the uh, the Charleston, the coffee cup, in yeah, Charleston, the, the Charleston and the, Classic, and, and the Armadillo ATX Cup. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those tournaments kind of spawned, spart, like just sprouted up and then died in like the same in the same breath. I think, I think the fact that a lot of these teams, like a lot of these areas, like Austin, 
Um, obviously, uh, Charleston, there's probably some money. I know they've been some, they've had some financial some financials. Also, COVID, I think, killed a lot of those things. But I mean, the uh, I mean, if anyone's out there at the uh, at Coachella for the uh, for the soccer classic, let us know how it goes. Um, let us know how let, let us know how it goes. Um, but they're out there in the warmth. They're, they're out of the cold. So we got we got rid of the cold. So um, but we got some some youth news. Uh, Jackson Hopkins called up to the U20 national team. Obviously, they will be having a camp um, as well as they prepare for the U20 uh, World Cup, which they have games, I think, next month as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So cross your fingers. I'm hopeful that um, Jackson Hopkins will make an appearance there. Uh, don't forget also next year is the Olympics, too. So he he could be a candidate for uh, for both teams. So he he got what was the tournament he was in in uh, that he was getting a lot of play in towards the end of it what tournament was that do you remember that was the America? i think that, i think that was the that was the u20 that was the u20 uh concacaf championships which was the qualifiers for the u20 world cup and the olympics um, yeah, so. that's right that's right yeah, yeah. so I, I think based on the way that he slotted into that group very late in the cycle i think he was he was sort of a uh, not really an afterthought but i think because of his opportunities at the big club they were like yeah no this is a good play and he played, I think, in all almost all of the games. So, yeah, hopefully he continues that that momentum. Yeah, big, 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 uh, big season coming up for him. I think uh, this year for him to maybe make that make that next step. He does have some tools in his toolbox that definitely showed he did not look out of place. Um, I, I felt in a lot of those games last year. Of course, the team was bad, but uh, he he looked like he could if he just maybe fine tuned things a little bit, he could be a really special player. So I definitely see what what uh, what Wayne Rooney saw as a name and Wayne Rooney's certainly been very high on him. Um, Ignacio uh, Ignacio Alem to the U-17s. I'm assuming that's the U.S. John did not write this. In the notes. It is. And Gavin Turner to the U-16s for the for for uh, the youth team. So I could have sworn that I saw that he had surgery that his dad posted on Instagram, but it's gone now. So I could have imagined all of that. That's entirely <laughs> possible. I don't think I did. Uh, but so keeping I mean, the it's it's exciting, I think, too, because we're going to get an opportunity to see these MLS next next pro games yeah. on Apple TV. So that's cool. I think it's it's going to make sense now for what was previously sort of a weirdo activity of fixating on the academy that games that you can't see and like learning all the players and like, you know, but now it's now it makes sense. It, it makes as much sense as, you know, all the all the fans in, in Europe looking at their developmental teams playing in leagues below. So, I you know, uh, keep an eye on all those players. Um, we, we talked about last week, all the uh, El Salvadorian and mm-hmm. Honduras youth players that came in. So all, all all great stuff. Keep an eye on their performance in those tournaments. Hope they stay healthy, just like we always do for uh, yeah. the uh, American players. You got to have a, a big youth intake and hopefully and just hope that you get you get some good. Some good you get one or two, you know, contributors or good players that you can sell. You're probably one of the more successful youth uh, youth academies in MLS. So certainly yeah. some so something to watch. Uh, we got some DC alumni news too. Speaking of players that have been sold, thank you yeah. for the academy. <laughs> uh, Moses Nyman, uh, guest player. He was a guest player apparently for RSL. Uh, if you don't know, I think the team that he is with in Belgium is owned by uh, David Blitzer. I want to say. Um, who I believe is the, is the owner of RSL and owns, you know, a few other clubs. You know, he also, I believe, owns a share in, or at least a part owner of Augsburg as well. So that's how Ricardo Pepe got there. Ricardo Pepe was struggling. He's like, hey, go to my Dutch team. Um, so, and he is killing it yeah. over there. So is that Heron Bean that he owns over there or is it different? I think so. Yeah, it's whatever team, whatever team he's on. There's, there's just a lot of, a lot of shared ownership. So I saw today uh, about this. So you and I, 
the conversation previously had been like, this is just for minutes. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, but I think an MLS uh, writer today was like, I think, I think you're going to see him get loaned for a season to RSL, which I mean, I guess, I mean that I would prefer that he go play in Belgium, uh, but well, Hey, whatever. Well, you know, here's the, here's the thing. I mean, he gets the loan back, uh, that well, the news that was not on this rundown, there's no more allocation order. So if he, if he was loaned back to MLS, theoretically, he would fall under the, uh, the allocation order. I believe he was uh, listed somewhere on that allocation list. Uh, the allocation order is no more. Now that was sort of the big news that dropped. Um, I think yesterday was it yesterday or two days ago, two days it, was two, ago it, was two, it was two days ago. Um, so uh, basically, if you weren't aware, uh, the allocation order, if you don't know what it is, it's basically a limited list of players. Usually it includes a lot of former MLS players um, and also uh, U.S. men's national team players. Basically, it's a it's a list where these players get identified, they get put on the list. It's it's more archaic, archaic if you can believe than the, than the discovery list, the discovery list, at least. It's not a good, I don't, I think it's the, the MLS has grown past it, but it's still, you can see the sense it makes the allocation order with combined with the discovery list just made in my mind made zero negative sense. It was like just, when Cristiano Ronaldo was discovered by uh sporting Kansas city. <laughs> yeah. But you, you know, you, yes, it sounds silly. It, yes. it does sound silly, but the, you know, the, the reasoning behind it, you can see the allocation order for me just kind of like, I mean, why not? If you want that player, just place them on your discovery list. I mean, if you want that player returning, why do they have to go through this? And, and you know, I think the big thing that finally, <laughs> I think Cincinnati, there was some speculation that Cincinnati actually killed this because they held on to the number one spot. They acquired something like four hundred or five hundred thousand dollars in general allocation money by just trading up on that spot, holding on to the spot, and then got Matt Miazga. So I, I think there had to be some owners that just said this is absolutely like stupid like we need to get rid of this slot the slot is being like hoarded as like an asset by cincinnati and basically just allows them to allowed them to just kind of like just accrue wealth just by sort of sitting on the spot before finally using it um and so i, I think actually I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that pushed some owners some gms maybe got a little bit upset the fact that they had to do this and they were like no more so um, the big thing about uh, St. Louis is that they get uh, first refusal on one of the players on the list, and they chose Josh Sargent. So Josh Sargent lighting up in Europe, but they I think they see that as kind of a kind so of a long term blip, <laughs> or they and think it, he's gonna fall. He's gonna fall apart here. I think. Well, no, I, I mean I think they're thinking future term. I mean I think they're looking at it as well. I mean they could have used it maybe on a, if they had a player who maybe they were looking at or thinking about bringing in. Uh, maybe they use it on them, but they were probably like, we don't really have anybody that we're really thinking about who falls on this list. Um, let's use it on a guy like Josh Sargent, who's a, who's a, who's a local kid who, you know, at 28, 29, 30, 31, maybe he, you know, has a successful career uh, or maybe he has a good landing spot where he can come home and be successful. So I don't think it was a necessarily a dumb move, but um, yeah, a, a huge archaic rule of MLS falling. Will we see others follow? Uh, there was one. To, there was one that was rumored by Pablo that I think is one we should talk about. Is that there? This was in the article that was talking about uh, potential changes to the playoff structure. It was that we might start seeing interleague uh, player acquisitions via money, like yeah. cash, buying players from other teams, uh, which is something that the league has always been resistant to because it will change the so similar why they were pushing against free agency for so long is because it inevitably bumps up salaries. It bumps up 
the worth allows the market to determine how much a player is worth versus the sort of arcane ways they were doing it before. So that would be great. I think that, I think that that's the thing as time has come for sure. Yeah. And, and I think what they're starting to realize is, you know, when they're, they're entering a different phase, they're entering a phase of a league that wants to be a selling league. I think they are realizing that the big TV money is going to take some time. So how do you increase the wealth? If you, if you have players that are going for reported instead of a million in allocation money, they're going for two, $3 million in transfer fees or four or $5 million in transfer fees. I think that contributes, um, that contributes overall to, you know, when you go and say, Hey, we want to, we, you want this player pay us $10 million. They're not, they're not, well, I mean, the highest player interleague player went for like a million dollars in this allocation money. You were paying them this amount of money. No, we don't think he's worth $10 million. We'll give you 4 million. So I think, I think I'm also starting to realize that if you, if you look like you're throwing a bit more money around, then, you know, you can demand more of the bigger fees for your players. Um, so I think that's why we're seeing maybe this shift here. Um, so yeah, another, another rumored thing I think that would be good. And, and my guess is if it's already being talked about, we'll probably see it um, pretty soon. And I wonder how that will change. Will allocation money, is that sort of the death nail for allocation money? Because if you look at, I mean, what was so unique about the Ruan trade with DC was that it was like one of the first trades I can remember that was not a allocation money trade for player. Like if you go down the list of trades that almost all of them that are like any semblance of like a starter or a big time contributor, it's all just allocation money. This was literally just a second round draft pick for, for Ruan. So that was one of the more unique trades I think I've seen um, in MLS. It used to be more common. It's not, it's not really much anymore. Um, one more piece of alumni news, Kevin Prentice. Bundesliga, his first Bundesliga assist, uh, a really nice cross uh, in a blowout win over Freiburg, but good to see him get on the board. I think I think that's something he's probably been waiting for, some sort of goal contribution, some big contribution. I think it shows maybe he's starting to maybe make that next step. Um, he's had he's starting to show it in preseason games. I think some of the some of the January games he had he had good form. So good good to good to see him getting on the board, and I hope we see more of him. I bet you we will. I think he's now he's worked his way into being at least a regular substitute, mm-hmm. a second half substitute. And, you know, that was the struggle last year is that he wasn't he wasn't really he was a very irregular player. He would have he would have a couple games, 15 minutes stints, and then he would disappear for a while. So I think good for him. This is yeah. this is a good sign. This is what we kind of want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you look at the spot that he potentially plays, which is like the wingback position, which, you know, is probably which we know the U.S. has looked for an attacking wingback. Um, I like Serginho Dest. I think he's a fine player, but I think he's also a player that if you can build yourself up enough, you can maybe overtake him. He doesn't seem Serginho Dest is not the most like keenly motivated player. Um, he And he's, was, and he's he, a player that's going to be stuck going back to Barcelona because... <laughs> Exactly. AC Who doesn't want, want him? Who does not want him? So that's a lot. That could be a lost year uh, from a development perspective. Yeah. So yeah, keep, keep keep pushing, Kevin. I, I you know we're, we're this show is about DC United, but we're always going to talk about our, our alumnus that are really pushing it, and we want to see him. Oh yeah, uh, get it. I mean, think, think imagine a universe where he and Julian Gressel are the wingbacks uh, <laughs> playing for the United States in a couple years. I could would believe I could maybe maybe it, it maybe. could happen. Yeah, maybe in the next year or so. I'm not. I think Julian Gressel. This is a a Gold Cup potential site. He, I, he'd love uh, that. He would be very. <laughs> he'd be very pleased with that. I, I would. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, 
little bit more of DC acquisition news. This is yeah. This is this one uh, could potentially mean more. Than, well, we'll talk about why it could mean more in a second. But yeah, let's talk about let's talk about who who might be coming to DC United. Yep, DC United is close to hiring uh, Carl Robinson, um, who you it might sound familiar if you've been an MLS fan for a while. A former coach of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, and he coached the team for five years and, you know, considering the Vancouver Whitecaps and considering where they kind of fell on the spending spectrum of the league, they were not one of the top, uh, top spenders in the league, but they were a team that was always competitive and his, uh, his time, uh, was maybe a little bit more successful. Now it's obviously it's, it's buoyed by a lot of these, uh, you know, Voyager Cups and things like that, which that Voyager Cup is a very, very tiny tournament. But I mean, he was a consistent figure in the playoffs. Um, he finished with uh, 78 wins, uh, 49 draws and 72 losses, plus one goal differential. So um, his teams were were a bit leaky. Mid, I think mid, average to mid, but average is still better than some. Co- <laughs> I think that's better than some coaches. Like yeah, have, and, maybe I've seen. And uh, this apparently fulfills kind of what you know, DC wanted to uh, bring in a coach that had some MLS experience. Um, I think, I think Carl, I think I've read Carl Robinson and, and Wayne Rooney. There, there is some connection there. They do. They are familiar with each other um, in, in some capacity. So I think there's still a familiarity of there uh, from there. He has been to the Newcastle jets, which I'd love to understand this saga. He coached um, 11 matches with seven wins, three draws and one loss from February to October. And then, I guess. Oh, that pandemic. Never mind. I answered my, I answered my, <laughs> out. I answered my own question. I answered my own question. I forgot about the pandemic. Um, and then of course, then he went off to the Western Sydney Wanderers and did less uh, well and did less well in October. So um, I think it's, you know, it's more coaches is a good thing. I think having some guys um, obviously do we, do we want to, do we want to yes. touch the yes. third rail of Everton? We, do. we sure do. <laughs> Everton, Everton football club has made, Finally made the decision that everyone thought they were going to make. Fired Frank Lampard. And the speculation uh, wheel is spinning quite fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Rooney, obviously, among the list. He's, he is a hometown boy. First first club that he played for. Uh, there's other other coaches. Sean Dyche is uh, one of them. Uh, Nuno Santos, I believe, is from formerly a Wolves when they were a team full of Portuguese. Well, that was a, that was their strategy. He was there. He did uh, decent until he didn't. And then a couple other names that are in the mix. Obviously, Wayne Rooney is the sexy name. Uh, we, we've talked about this already. It It is a question. It's an open question about the utility of that selection from both sides. Uh, Everton are probably, I would say, if I'm Everton, I'm looking for a proven relegation survival expert. Someone that can, someone that can, you know, like a Tony Poulos, basically. Like bring on, bring who, on Big Sam. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's what you're looking for. You're looking just to stay up because you, you're, you're the windows closed or will be very closed very, very soon. Uh, you're not going to have time to reinforce what you got is what you got. So you've got to figure out a way to, you know, get, get, get points here and there. And I don't know that. I don't know. It's, it would seem a weird fit to me, but it's certainly possible. It's not impossible. It's very, very possible. If this was, if this was any other club that was not Everton, it would be no way. Yeah, I do not think. I do not think we'd be talking about. Obviously, we would not be talking about Wayne Rooney. It's the fact that it's Everton. It's his boyhood club. You can see the attraction there. 
I, I still err on the side and I, and, you know, I could see, a, you know, he might be like, you know, this is an opportunity. I don't know if that it'll come up. You know, I want to coach Everton. Wayne Rooney makes this, made this move while having offers for, I think a very particular reason. And I think the reason was he, he did, he wanted to learn, learn a little bit more about how to coach, learn about things that maybe work and things that maybe don't work. Try to build some experience while also knowing that if it goes terribly, terribly wrong, like it did in 2020, he will not be responsibly responsible for financially tanking a club. DC finishes last. It's really not. It doesn't. It it really nothing happens. Um, So I think that is why the DC job was attractive to him. And if he does have success and he leaves this year, then he's opening himself up to a lot of other better opportunities. Everton, I think if, if he if he if he take the heart out of it, this would be a potential disaster. You think about how think about how long Everton has been in the Premier League and been a fixture in the Premier League for for years. They are one of probably one of the few clubs, I think, in that sort of that mid table. Uh, you know, Tottenham, of course, has ascended a little bit past that. Uh, but they are one of those few clubs that has just kind of always been you know, some on good seasons, they compete for, you know, some, some European spots on, you know, bad seasons. They're still well survival, well, well, well clear of the bottom, well clear of the relegation zone. So, I mean, they are a club that has been an absolute fixture. This would be probably the biggest story in England if they actually went down and were relegated from, from a financial standpoint, it'd be a disaster. They're also building a brand new spanking stadium. Um, that's something to consider for the owners. Do you want to hand it over? to Wayne Rooney or do you wait? And if you do go down, then that becomes maybe a little bit more. I I'm not so worried actually about Rooney leaving in the, uh, uh, in the, in the spring, I'd be more worried about him leaving like in the summer. If the, if Everton does go down and then suddenly it's like, well, we're clearly going to spend more. We're clearly going to be competitive. Now's an opportunity where you have less, there's less risk for Rooney as a coach. So a story to keep in mind. I, I would, if I, if I were a betting man, I, I would say I'm, and maybe it's blind, <laughs> blind hope. Uh, but I, I, I don't think he takes the job. I think they find someone else. I think they, they look for somebody just to try to keep themselves, you know, afloat, uh, in, in the, uh, in the premiership. It would be best for him long term if they could, if they could delay this reunion a little while. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case. Also, too, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. I get the feeling that as Wayne's recruiting these guys, he's like, listen, I'm going to be here this year. Come play here with me this mm-hmm. next year. And then, you know, the world's your oyster after that. Let's, let's, let's see how this goes. And it, he seems like a guy of his word. He seems like a guy who cares about what his players think of him and what his teammates mm-hmm. used to think of him. So like you said, if his wasn't his boyhood club and he wasn't in a position to feel like he was rescuing them from doom, then this would not be it. So there's a, I would put this at, if I had to handicap it, I, you said twenty percent. I'd say thirty percent. Okay, I, was, I, I think we're in the neighbor. We're in the neighborhood of 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 is this likely not happening? But if it did, I don't think either of us would be, would be blown away, surprised. We would be. This would be a problem. DC United would would be in a fit of trouble if this did happen. From a perspective of the time of year, it is. All I hope, I hope Dave Casper and Sean Howe and whoever else in the front office is keeping a short list 
of people they would interview should this happen. And it's that's they've, they've got to be com- somewhat ready in case this happens. Well, I, and I think we talk about this. The hiring of Carl Robinson feels like that. You think that's it? That's Th- the caretaker if needed? That's the caretaker. If if he leaves, if he say leaves in the summer, let's say that, you know, or he leaves somewhere else or he's already lined up. That's the the job. Maybe they look at as a. As as somebody who can maybe be be a caretaker in, in the position. So I, I think that that is a that is sort of I think Carl Carl Robinson is sort of an emergency release valve if if the worst does happen. And, and you know, you talk about, you know, you talk about he, he's brought on a lot of his staff uh, when you when you hear um, he's very much sort of coaching. I, I think I've, I found it interesting some of the videos um, where they were. Uh, doing the trainings, and I notice I don't hear Wayne's voice. I hear what is it? Uh, Pete? Is it Shuttleworth? Shuttleworth? Yep. Pete yep. Shuttleworth. I hear his voice a lot more, kind of running the training. So it's a very traditional style. Um, you know, you have a a sort of an assistant coach that kind of handles the training. You have the big boy idea, you know, big brain idea manager who kind of knows the tactics. Oh, Wayne, a big boy. Ted, is that what you're doing? We can't call big him brain. a big boy. We're not. We're the only ones who can't call him big boy. <laughs> Weird, um, but you talk about also. He also brought. Uh, we got this question, Luke uh, Jenkinson from Darby, as a performance uh, director. So that's not a move you make. I-, I just feel like you're not bringing it. If it was just Wayne, and then it was a bunch of other guys, maybe you'd be a little more concerned. But I mean, you, I mean, you can imagine even if, even if you know, he's like, hey, I'm going to carry you, you know, to my next job. It's probably pretty easy to get him hired. Get the people he wanted hired here than it would be at Everton. Yes, yes, you're a good point. <laughs> Particularly Luke Jenkinson, like, hey, so he's the player, he's like the physio at Derby, like, yeah, no, no, man, this is the EPL. We have, we, <laughs> we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah, so he's, I think uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Your reference is a lot higher here, Wayne, than it will be at Everton. I think it's, I think that's true. Yeah. So Carl Robinson, that'd be great. Can we play in the Voyagers Cup? Is that possible? We can get like a <laughs> like a waiver into that, maybe? <laughs> a Canada meet a Canada quota or something yeah. like that. And they need it. they need us. It's like when uh, it's like when the US is gonna play in uh, Copa America or uh in Sudan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some other we got some of the listener questions here. We, uh, but before we get on the listener okay. questions, I want to talk about uh Black and Red United. Oh, the, shoot, the, yeah. The news that befell them. I'm sure if you're listening to us, there's no way that you don't know about this news already. Uh, but we will talk about it. SB Nation uh, has terminated. Vox has terminated SB Nation's coverage of uh, NHL and uh, soccer. So NWSL and MLS. Black and Red United, as of February, I believe, will have will no longer be monetized or supported by SB Nation, which means that now anybody who was a writer there is now would be doing so completely for free. Uh, and you know the amount of work they put in. Uh, that's a that's a struggle. So they have put out a. They've put out a survey that I'm sure you've seen online. DC United, Richmond, the the Spirit, Loudon have all retweeted it, uh, basically saying, "Do you want to read us? Will you pay for uh pay for that? <laughs> Will you pay for it?" Um, they're all they're it's indispensable. I'll go say what you want to say. I want to make sure that yeah. No, I mean I think I was going to say a lot of the same things you do. I mean this is you talk about you talk about like in DC like who who covers this team on a regular basis? It's Stephen Golf. Stephen Goff, Stephen Goff. Um, I mean, I was Pablo for a bit. He was a beat writer. 
Obviously, he gained a lot of contacts, but I mean, you, Jose Amanya, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few folks. There's, there's others. There's others. Yeah. There's others. But I mean, you talk about like where you can go. I'm, I think it, I guess more on the print side where you can go read them, who you're going to read a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and really it's and then it's Black and Red United um, for Jason Anderson for for years uh, was, you know, a guy who would who would always uh, be there, you know, with with the analysis and and they've they've tried, you know, they've gone in and tried to find people. I feel bad for those people who literally just got this opportunity to write. Sarah, and cover Sarah Classy just now got on to the man, <laughs> manage editor and she's it finds herself in this position. Yeah. I, they will bounce. They'll find a spot. Mm-hmm. They will certainly find something to do. I, I know that it, they're go ahead. Yeah. And, and I think it's also, you know, talk about some of the other there's a lot of other other teams where like this is literally the only outlet that is out there covering them. Like you talk about Colorado. It's probably just Burgundy Wave. I mean, there's just a lot of these teams only have maybe one one of these blogs that actually goes out and covers them. I, I think it's I think it's it's a really sad thing. I think it's a really short sighted thing. I can't imagine that the cost of running these they were not paying any of the people in these um, very few of the people in these MLS blogs. I for the life of me can't understand why the cost was so prohibitive when like no one had the audacity to say, Hey, wait a minute. Like they're doing this for a lot of the hockey sites too, which is, which is also, you know, that's, you talk about an even more popular sport, you know, popular league around the country. It just, it baffles my mind that like, they're like really the cost of running and just supporting these blogs. You're not paying any type of salary to any of these people. These people are all doing it because they love it. You have a, a huge swath of content and, and eyeballs that you can put on it. There's no one else doing this. The, and it, it, it cannot have, it must, it had to have been just a, like the teeny tiniest of line item in a massive company. I, I just, I do not understand the, the layoffs, you know, I get to more of an extent, even though it's still horrible and bad. 7% just, total of the, of the organization. Yeah. That's horrible. There's so many people on the, I mean, you talk about just like entertaining, like I, the, the stuff they do on secret base is, is some of the, some of the, some really like just fun and, and interesting content that I gobble up like nobody's business. I'm not a huge fan of like NBA, but they post like a beef history about Joe Calipari and the Louisville coach whose name I can't remember. I'm going to watch that. Like that sound that's fun, and interesting stuff. Um, but I, I like even with these MLS sites, I'm just like, why, why is the cost so prohibitive that you feel like this was a good thing to cut? You're going to literally murder like, <laughs> a non-sizable portion of your, of your list. And, and, you know, like you said, it just kills, I think a lot of MLS, you know, a lot of us, we, we pull our guests from this. We, we go out, we go out to the SB nation blogs. Like who, who's the managing editor of this? Let me email them. Do they want to come onto the show and talk Chicago? Because we have nobody else we know that covers Chicago. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my, kind of my, my last little thoughts on that. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I think there are, there, the new Lone revolution reached out to Bent Musket and said, We'll support you. We'll make yeah. this, we'll make this work. Um, it's a, if you look at, so we used to write on the site a little bit for a while. It didn't make sense for us. We have a lot more ears than we do eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it, it just, it just didn't make sense for us from a time perspective, but there are, if you search DC United, like news. Google, Google, Google news, DC United, it's all black and red United. Nobody mm-hmm. else is writing about this team. Washington mm-hmm. post, uh, maybe some WTOP. Um, as far as, as far as English language goes, that's the spirit even more so. Yeah. Uh, it, the, there are teams that uh, are just going to cease to exist on the internet because of this and no amount of team team made content is going to make up for it. And, and, you know, it's not just, 
it's not just you can find news about who the team is signing. You can find news about, you know, the player acquisitions. But if you're talking like independent analysis, like breaking down why Wayne Rooney is throwing out a three, four, two, three, no three, four, three. For that. Yeah. Yeah. No other else tactical analysis. Like there's, there's some like legitimately interesting and good content, good opinion and independent opinion content. You had very few sites that were willing to, I think the Burgundy wave one once wrote a story they had an opinion piece where they were just like, you know, basically F this team. This team is terrible. They're not doing anything like screw them. Like and basically like going through. I think they ended up having a good season after that. But <laughs> I mean, the point still stands. You know, that that's where when the Re- revolution president's talking about buying them up. I'm like, that's great. But how are you going to react when they go out and write, you know, a negative piece about you or something like that? I mean, I think they they realize and I think other teams are going to realize, too, that e- even negative coverage is still better than absolutely no coverage for you whatsoever anymore. Yeah. So, because more often than not, it's going to be just reporting the news. Black and Red United, I think there, there, someone said this. I saw this for uh, Sounder at Heart. Someone was like, finally, this, this, this so called journalistic outlet that carried the water for owner, for the ownership narrative is gone. Got, you know, ding dong, the witch is dead. And someone replied to it like, Tell me you don't know how journalism works without telling me you don't know how journalism works. Black and Red United got some of that too. I feel like some mm-hmm. angry fans would always be like, Jason Anderson's just carrying water for Ben Olsen. He's just he's parroting the the team narrative. That's not the case. Like that's just that's not how reporting works. They're not an out and out they were not an out and out opinion website. They were they were giving you the news in a professional way for people who were not professionals, by the way, at the time. Mm-hmm. This this is fan created, fan led media. Uh, it's a league like MLS needs it. They need, you know, not to, we're not self aggrandizing or, 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 you know, holding ours. They need stuff like us too. Like they're, uh, drive time radio is not talking about MLS in mm. almost any market. Uh, nope. they're not talking about it on the local news unless something horrible happens. Look, NWSL, when looking at you, that's how you get on the news lately. That's how that happens. So the teams live or die by this fan created content it's a league it's the league and go ahead i was gonna say uh, just just by the way apple um you know you paid 2.5 billion for these rights to mls um suddenly there's a whole lot of whole lot of people that are willing to work maybe for not so much uh money who want who just want to help cover the team and you got these all these club rooms and these and this and this content you want to build up maybe maybe see if you can 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 swoop them all up so I'm sure there's. I'm sure they have something cooking for podcasts too. I'm sure they're gonna. <laughs> I'm sure maybe, they're gonna. I'm, maybe our podcast gets boosted. Who knows? But uh, yeah, you know, we we need independent content. We need people who are willing to. It's the stuff that comes from the league is great. I love Matt. I read Matt Doyle's piece. Any every time I leave Matt Doyle's weekly weekend piece, and I go directly to the content where he talks about the DC game and what he has to say about that. So I love Matt Doyle. I love. I listen to Extra Time, but there there also is value in sort of independent stuff anytime allocate if it's allocation disorder versus extra time radio i'm listening to allocation disorder because i know that sam sasco and balton area are going to give me give me non-buy you know non-league centric content and they're going to call out the league when they say hey this is terrible and when's the last time you read an article on nfl.com yeah or or nba.com or mlb.com i i would hope you know 
we need to get past this point where MLSsoccer.com is a required thing because no one else is writing about it. <laughs> We're now further away from that future now that SB Nation soccer is, is dead. So yeah. that's just that's just the fact of it. So support support these media groups where they have an opportunity where you have an opportunity, pay for coverage, pay us, pay them, pay mm-hmm. anybody that you like hearing about your team. Because if you don't, it'll be uh, ep- complete silence all week until the game. And then you'll only get the and then you won't even get the local coverage from TV because that's gone too. Yep. So that's 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 all we'll say about that. I I get a little I I understand when I post articles like I think I post, hey, the athletic has this great article and someone's like, hey, can you screen cap the whole thing? No, I I always say no. I'm like, no. And and I'm going to tell you, oh, well, I, you know, I just don't want I can't afford like I understand that. But also you're if you if you do this and you think that everything should be free, you're going to be sitting here and wondering where, I mean, without the athletic, we would not get the content that we've gotten from Pablo, by the way, which has been fantastic. Just the, all the historical stuff that he's written about, you know, the stuff, you know, just stuff you would not find. Uh, NWSL, you, the NWSL news that has broken oh, yeah. the last year and a half would not have happened. Molly not Hensley, have happened. Molly Hensley Brown at, at, at the, the post would have had, would have had the spirit stuff, but not WS. nationwide. Yeah. So this stuff's important. And that's why, you know, I, I gladly throw my money to it. As long as the athletic keeps supporting these guys and supporting this content, uh, you know, I, I gladly, I mean, goodness gracious, just the content that comes out, pay for the, pay for the content. If they give it to you for free, that's great, but you know, w- watch it, support it, do whatever you can. So I, I do hope black and red comes back and I hope they, I hope we see, uh, I hope we see them come back stronger. And I hope, I hope this may be, uh, I, I do think that the, uh, the ecosystem and the atmosphere is very different where I feel like some of the, these sites are going to get picked up. I think, I hope that there is somebody out there maybe that's watching this and saying, Hey, you know, we're a sports media blog conglomerate. Let's go out and let's grab some of this MLS coverage. Let's, let's become the the face of this, the face of this league. So uh, do we want to get to the, to the, we had a couple of listener questions. Yeah. <laughs> I think before we close out the show, let's get to them. Um, who's your pick to lead uh, the team in assist this year? I, Mm. that's a that's a that's a good question i think we could we could we could eliminate players we don't think it'll be i think it's going to be between it's going to be between between uh taxi funtas and matthias click i think taxi funtas is going to go to a more of a based on how i'm looking at this team playing he's going to play a more of a deeper a deeper nine role not necessarily an all-in-out attacker uh you know the one thing we never really got to see uh was Tao Taxi Funtas is going to uh, link. We saw it for a very, very brief, very, very brief time that did not end, did not end well. Um, but, you know, we did not really get to see Funtas and Bedeke uh, pair up. And I think that could be a potential uh, deadly sort of one two combination for this team. So I think Taxi likes to shoot. That's true. I think, I think that's going to be the only problem. My guess, I'm going to live in a world where Andy Nahar plays on the wing and not at right and not at right back. And I'm going to say him if he stays on the field, I think he's the best cross for the ball that we have left, which is not saying a lot because we've really sort of <laughs> crushed. We've sort of, sort of sold that on that idea. So uh, that that's, that's my guess. I'm going to go with Andy Nahar. Uh, next question. What player do you think will show the most improvement in 2023? Plenty of candidates, certainly plenty of <laughs> candidates uh, for that, for that to be the case. Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, I'm trying to think of a player who I expect to do a lot better. Would, I mean, would a the player, ob- obvious Christian Benteke would be, the, would be the one you'd hope, right? Other than Benteke, I think Benteke would be the obvious, the obvious choice here. Who, who would maybe be the other player who uh, might be the most improved? 
would it would would comeback player of the year type of thing be like i, I think russell canals a, a player who had almost no effect mm-hmm. on the club last year maybe staying healthy and contributing would be would be something to look at i'm i'm gonna go on a while i i'm gonna you, say i'm gonna, gonna say, say what i think you're gonna say uh, say steve birnbaum that was not the one i was gonna think you were gonna, <laughs> say. I, I gonna say uh martin rodriguez no no no, no 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 I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go with uh with steve birnbaum i think he I think the team is trying to maybe get my hope is, is that he has a little more, he has some better, more leadership, I think in the back line kind of helps him. Um, I think he's certainly can't be happy with the performances he has. Um, and I think this team, if this team is going to make the playoffs, they need to improve defensively. So um, I, I think, and I think they've gone out and gotten some guys that I think can maybe help him a little bit more on the defensive, on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to, we were not bold. I mean, the burn bombs kind of bold. I got to say that. that, that, I would say, otherwise we were not, we were not jumping out on to be a legend. Do do you want to say Donovan Pines? Do you want to drive? I I don't, (laughs) I don't, I'd love it if that were the case, but I I definitely, I definitely scroll by his name uh, thinking that's not going to be the case. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think that's going to do it, guys. Thank you so, so much for the questions. Again, we're, we apologize. We apologize for the lack of live show, but we do have a special guest coming up next week, maybe as a as a gift, as a gift for you. We're going to yeah. keep that. We're going to keep that close to the chest on who that is. And if um, you're mad and if you're mad that we didn't record live, just, you know, blame a small child with strep throat. <laughs> just think about that. Think as you're mad. Think I don't care about that, baby. That's not my <laughs> baby. I don't care. Just think about that. Uh, All right, folks, that's going to do it. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.